Welcome back to the Domination Sports Nation podcast. I'm Dom. And I'm Chris. And we're back with yet another episode. Great to be back. Second week in a row, Dom. Lots to talk about. Another wild week in the NFL and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. Yeah, they are. And why don't we start with baseball? Some compelling games you had today. And start off with those Arizona Diamondbacks. They're up 2-0 against the Dodgers. I think that's some interesting stuff right there. Yeah, as we record this Monday night, the Dodgers look like they're on their last legs. And uh, props to you, Dom. You told me in the spring uh, when you're doing your fantasy draft that you thought the Diamondbacks would be an improved team. We got to see them in Phoenix a couple weeks ago. They are a young and scrappy bunch, and uh, they just come came right out the gate Saturday night. Womp, just completely shellacking Clayton Kershaw, and then tonight putting up a three spot early on the Dodgers, and now they're up. Yeah, they completely just walked into Dodger Stadium and shut them up, to be honest, because there were a little bit of aspirations for what the Dodgers could do in the postseason and pretty crazy stuff what we're seeing now. And as they'll head back to Chase Field for Game 3, it could be the game where they advance the NLCS, so definitely very interesting there. Yeah, and yeah, this is a team that was in first for a good portion of the season heading into, I think, July in the NL West, and the Dodgers just went completely on a roll. So not entirely surprising that they made the playoffs. They fade a little, but they fought off the Cubs for the last wild card spot. Uh, big trade for former Mariners closer Paul Seawald is clearly paid off, and uh, this is a scrappy team to say the least. Yeah, and they're probably arguably their best player, Corbin Carroll, gotten going in the playoffs so far at a great series against Milwaukee in the wild card and then has really played well against the Dodgers as well he got intentionally walked in the eighth inning I believe so that shows you how well he's been doing and like you said young scrappy team they're they just want it more than the Dodgers I feel like that's what I've seen so far yeah they're young and hungry Marte Gurriel and then let's not forget a guy who I thought was out of baseball until we saw him play uh Evan Longoria, so nice to see him continue his career. Uh, he got drilled in the hand, so I don't know if he's hurt or not, but uh, regardless, uh, a nice story. Yeah, it sure was. And How about that Braves game today, Dad? I mean, that Phillies-Braves series probably one of the better series that we've had so far, and I mean, it's just been some incredible games that they've been dueling out. Unbelievable. By the time you got home from school, the Phillies were up again. They were up 4 nothing. The Braves were getting no hit. Uh, and then, sure enough, uh, Ronald Acuna gets on, and uh, the rally starts for the Braves. A, a one-handed home run. Uh, pretty impressive, huh? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about clutch, that was Austin Riley. I mean, that was incredible watching that live. That was pretty crazy seeing the fan reaction there. And, I mean, they, they stayed in it. They stayed in the series. I was worried that... They would go down 2 nothing, and you have to watch the Phillies in the NLCS again, but we'll see what happens in Philly on Wednesday. should be interesting stuff. Yeah, he, he worked it to a full count and just completely roped it to left field to give the Braves a lead. And then in the ninth, uh, all my years of watching postseason baseball, I've never seen this. A uh, double play, which involved the center fielder making a fantastic catch at the wall and doubling up Bryce Harper at first who was well on his way to third base thinking the ball was at least going to be off the wall yeah I think that was Nick Calcianos who had a shot to center and then Michael Harris was playing back there he playing pretty deep for him to make that catch and it was right on the wall I thought it was going to get out and Bryce Harper just judged misjudged it a little and that ended the game but I, 
if I were the Braves, I still wouldn't get too comfortable with the five-game series. You're heading back to Philly for two games, and they desperately, I mean, need to win a game there. And I would say game three is the game to do it because you don't want to be facing elimination in Philly. Yeah, definitely. And I could see this one going five. Um, Castellanos, uh, he is one of the most famous baseball memes ever. The uh, Tom Brenneman apology during the pandemic with no fans in the stands and he hits a home run as Brennerman goes off on his diatribe for a completely insensitive remark he made that got caught on air but uh, regardless it was a nice shot by him but uh, yeah I, I'm looking forward to watching that series I think it's going to be a, a real slugfest yeah me too and as you said no no compelling events for Nick Castellanos at a home run so yeah, good to see almost, that. almost. I got, that meme probably would have blown up the internet temporarily tonight, but not to be. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right about that. But in the AL, we've got the uh, Twins, thankfully, even it up with the Astros. Uh, no one wants to see them win again, never mind advance. Um, and then I, I think uh, uh, some people are surprised by this. You and I weren't. We saw them play uh, in Anaheim earlier in the year. The Texas Rangers, a team which everyone thought had no bullpen and uh, didn't have the the pitching to win. They're up two on the surprising Baltimore Orioles, headed back to Texas for Game Three. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a lot of aspirations for the Orioles. They lost a lot of their pitching. They lost their closer, and I mean, the hitting just hasn't done much of anything either. And the uh, Rangers have just walked into Baltimore and won two straight, and they have a shot to go to the ALCS tomorrow night, which is pretty interesting. And you got Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, just guys on tears and. The rookie Josh Jung hit a bomb in uh, game one. So, I mean, these guys are young and hungry. It's like the Diamondbacks. They are. And I wouldn't, I'm just going to go out on a limb now. I'm not saying this will happen, but to see a Texas Arizona World Series would not surprise me as much as it would others. Yeah, no. Um, Bob Costas threw out a stat tonight. I think it was about how the Diamondbacks haven't been up 2 0 since the year they went to the World Series and beat the Yankees. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and we'll see what happens, obviously. But and that would that'd be a pretty fun series. I'm rooting for that and definitely rooting for a non Astros World Series. I haven't seen that in a while. Amen. And I know Ron Darling is excellent. A color commentator for this series brought up the last time the D backs won four playoff games in a row is when they beat my uh my Yankees in the 01 World Series but uh speaking of Yankees we got a little uh Yankees alumni update uh Roldis Chapman the guy who basically quit on the team last year and uh went on the injured list he got infected from a tattoo was his usual wild self and then managed to work out of a gym so uh figures he's finally uh gotten the groove in Texas getting traded from Kansas City earlier this year yeah, and the the great Aaron Hicks also hitting bombs with the Orioles. I mean, it's just a disgrace. I feel like it's a Yankee curse at this point. And, I mean, it feels like, like you said, pointed out in our podcast last week, I believe, how they're the they're the Cowboys of MLB, basically. That's it. How's there to make money? He's not as obnoxious or talkative as Jerry Jones, but it's a similar concept. Although, I give the Cowboys credit. At least they make the playoffs year after year. It didn't happen this year with the Yankees. Well, can't give him credit for that game they played last night and the shirt that George Kittle oh, wore. I mean, that was pretty brutal. Well, we'll get into that in a second. One honorable mention for Yankee alumni, Phillies manager Rob Thompson back in the postseason again. Where are you, Aaron Boone? 
former Yankee coach, Rob Thompson, and, you know, uh, doing it, doing it well. He was an interim manager, replaced Joe Girardi last year, took his team to the pennant, uh, had a shot at the world series and here they are back again. And I just sit and simmer. Yeah. I mean, the way that he managed that game day against the Braves, I thought they were going to easily win that game, maybe even more than what it was when it was four, nothing. And the way Zach Wheeler was pitching too. I mean, geez, I mean, these, Phillies pitchers show up in the postseason on like some certain Yankee pitchers besides Garrett Cole. But uh, I mean, the way he's been managing is just incredible for an interim too coming in, replacing Girardi last year. He has a chance to go to back-to-back World Series. Yeah, I think uh, I think whoever wins this series, you know, if the D-backs do advance, it's, it's going to be an interesting NLCS because if this turns out to be the battle, I think it is uh, whoever – emerges victorious has to be the favorite to come out of the national league yeah so we'll see what happens with that very compelling stuff in baseball though pretty excited to see what goes on tomorrow and obviously wednesday yeah you know kind of started with the wild card round a bunch of sweeps i wasn't sure what to expect wasn't too optimistic but these these series are now starting to look interesting so uh dom you mentioned the 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 49ers and the cowboys let's start there the much hyped Sunday night game with our friend Chris Collinsworth uh, <laughs> turned out to be a dud. Oh, I I was skeptical. I know these Sunday night games always get hyped up, and then they always end up being duds. Look at the Cowboys Giants Week One, but I mean this game was just a straight blowout from the Forty ers and Brock Purdy looks great as ever. And you know it's pretty interesting how Kyle Shanahan's been running the offense around Christian McCaffrey now and not Debo Samuel like we're usually used to, but um. George Kittle went off as well, as you mentioned him earlier, with that uh, explicit shirt that he's wearing about the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. But he had three touchdowns, and, I mean, just a, a slugfest for the 49ers just to blow him out. Good for George. We have him in fantasy. I thought my phone was glitching, but, no, a tight end with three touchdowns. It was it was nice. And then, you know, the, uh, the Dak Prescott doubters are alive and well out there in the world. Yeah, I mean, watching Stephen A. Smith on first take this morning, got to hear a lot about that. And, I mean, I just always found it so interesting how the Cowboys just draw so much media attention. It's just the same thing every year, and I don't see any change coming. And they'll meet up with the 49ers again and Santa Clara again in the playoffs probably and and lose again. So I'm not expecting anything out of them now. Yeah, the thing is, the NFC is so weak, and the NFC East being what it is, they'll they'll make it as a wild card, barring any major injuries, and uh, you know, probably have a good shot at winning a first round game. And then you'll know it again. Again, they'll go on the road and lose to a superior team like the Forty ers It's the same script. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I'd argue the NFC is looking pretty good so far. You got the the Eagles, of course, doing well. Jalen Hurts, and then the Lions have obviously emerged with the way they're looking, and Jared Goff playing like it's the Super Bowl year with the Rams that he had, and you obviously still have the 49ers. So, I mean, those are three pretty strong teams, and I'd argue that the AFC is a little a little skeptical of the AFC still. Yeah, the AFC is really wide open when you look at it, and I think too, you know, I know it's early, but those are definitely three contenders. I would argue if we see a rematch of the 49ers-Eagles NFC Championship last year, I think the 49ers win that game, even if it is in Philly. 
Their defense is unbelievable. Brock Purdy looks like a uh, a veteran quarterback. I mean, the only reason he got stopped last year in Philly is he, he got a major arm injury. So I, I'd like to see that rematch, honestly, if it pans out. But, you know, Dom, one of my long shot picks this year was the Detroit Lions. So I've been on that bandwagon since August. Oh, yeah, me too. I was a little skeptical at first, especially going into that week one game against the Chiefs. But, I mean, they've they've definitely proven themselves, and I'm – Interested to see how they go along as the season as they play tougher opponents, but the way they really proved themselves to me is when they went into Lambeau Thursday night last week. All those fans that showed up as well, and I'm, I think we talked about it already, but the way they just dominated the Packers and how they've just been dominating teams, it's been incredible, and the way the offense has been rolling. Dan Campbell yeah. has got them going. It's impressive. I was skeptical of him at first, even after Hard Knocks, but this is a it's a nice story, redemption for Jared Goff and. Uh, you know, they let DeAndre Swift go, and it, that running game doesn't miss a beat. And, I mean, remember the draft last year, Dom? There was doubts about Aiden Hutchinson coming out of Michigan. Yeah. I, I think those have been quieted. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of Trayvon Walker talk. So, I mean, <laughs> I think Hutchinson was the clear-cut guy. I'd say he's happy to be in Detroit, and that's an understatement. But uh, look at the schedule. It's going to get important. You look, I think, from Thanksgiving on – the Lions will have smooth sailing through the rest of the season with the exception of one game against Dallas, and I would I would argue at least right now they're a better team. So they got a good shot at running the table and maybe even being a two-seed if the 49ers continue to be the juggernaut they are. Yeah, and I'd argue that missing out on the playoffs last year actually benefited them because they get the easier schedule. I mean, that people don't want to talk about that. It's a great point. But, uh Dom, another interesting game. I mean, uh, thankfully, we've got Sunday tickets, so we get to watch them all. Uh, you mentioned the Eagles and the Rams. The Rams hung around. They got shut down in the second half. You know, Sirianni and company figured out how to stop Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, and uh, Matt Stafford overthrew a few guys, but it, it was a good game. you got to give the Rams credit. I, I think McVay's getting a lot out of that team, which doesn't have the depth and talent that it used to. Yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be a team that was expected to only get like four or five wins. And the emergence of Puka Nakua, like Bill Simmons said, listening to him, he said, I mean, he's always open. He's a great fantasy guy. And I actually really did like that Eagles-Rams game. I liked the flow of it. The first half was really good to watch. And then the Eagles defense just blanketed the Rams offense in the second half. But what I saw from that Cooper Cup-Puka Nakua duo is a lot to like from the Rams. And the Rams still obviously have a young defense, so it's hard for them to get stops when you're on the field for a while, but Jalen Hurts looked great. That was the first game that was a little eye-opening for Jalen Hurts is the way he looked. played great. Yeah, and that Eagles offensive line is massive. It's impressive. Um, I, you know, Anyone wonders why the Giants are the way they are. Their offensive line is the complete and polar opposite of what the Eagles put out there on the field, and they neutralize Aaron Donald. You didn't hear his name called much. Oh, yeah, I mean, great game plan, and Nick Sirianni's a great coach. You can't argue that, and the Eagles definitely have something going right now, and they're obviously, you could argue, one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, you definitely do. And getting back to the Rams, like I said on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football podcast last week, I told Gerald Glassford uh, I would not bail on Puka. Yeah, maybe he's not going to get uh, average 10 catches a game or whatever it was through the first four games, but... Uh, you double cover Cup, uh, you leave Puka open, so uh, it's going to create opportunities for both of them, and, and so far it looked like it did in their first game together. 
Yeah, I mean, you got that touchdown. That was pretty exciting as well. Got pretty loud there for an Eagles home game, so that was pretty interesting as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, people talk about that. How do, how do all the opposing fans show up at SoFi or Allegiant Stadium in Vegas? Well, I mean, there's a couple of factors, and we saw this when we went to Arizona to see the Giants. Uh, there are teams that travel, and they want to go to warm-weather cities, and these newer stadiums, uh, no one will talk about this, definitely not the NFL, but they cost a lot of money to build. They were built with PSLs, so the tickets cost a lot of money. And if you're a season ticket holder and you want to recoup your money, you sell your tickets. And uh, not a shocker that so many Eagles fans showed up with their annoying song. But uh, if you think that's bad, uh, it's coming Monday night in Inglewood, California. Dallas Cowboys come to town to play the Chargers. And you want to talk about a home game, just wait till you see that. Oof, I mean, you're right about that. It's the, the food chains of NFL ticket markets, and it's pretty interesting, to be honest. And, yeah, well, that Monday night game will be interesting. And the Monday night game today, I'm, I don't have a lot to talk about about that. barely even watched it, so uh, it seemed pretty boring to me, though. Yeah, there you aren't missing much. I mean, Raiders win 17-13. I don't know what happened with the Packers' offense. That Raiders' defense has looked terrible so far this year, but I guess they could stop Jordan Love and the Packers. But, uh, frankly, it was pretty boring, and the baseball was more compelling, which I don't say too often this time of year. <laughs> well, I think the Packers can justify enough how much they've been missing Aaron Jones and that week one Aaron Jones we saw against the Bears. I think they need that in their offense. Yeah, definitely. Big picture, though, Dom. I think the NFL this season, um, I'm just going to say it, and people can hate on me or disagree with me, but I think it's a pretty mediocre league right now. It's wide open. Anyone can win. The Chiefs, although uh, playing well, do not look like the defending champs. Um, I think Kelsey goes out briefly yesterday, comes back. I'm sure he got a nice injection or whatever in his ankle. They come back and beat the Vikings. Controversial call at the end with a non-pass interference where you see refs pick up flags. That never happens. But um, they they pull it out by seven, and I'm sure the Vikings didn't help. They missed Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins, missed Je- Justin Jefferson with his pulled hamstring. So what do you think of the Chiefs so far? I don't like what I've seen so far in the way that they've kept these games close to even that week one game, I know a lot of people like to overreact, but the way I've just seen Mahomes, how useless the offense is without Travis Kelsey. I don't like when you have to rely a lot on one player, and I still just don't like looking back on that Tyreek Hill trade. Even if you get all that rookie depth that they got from those draft picks, I mean, they needed him, and they just don't have a lot to show for right now in the offense and showing with the points they've been putting up in all these games and how the games have been close. You can look at the 4-1 and one record still, but it's still not something good to watch. No, it's not. And they don't have the wide receiver depth they need. I think Isaiah Pacheco is a nice story. They found their starting running back, but um, they just, they don't have the deep threat. I mean, I know he's been gone a while, but they missed Tyree kill and uh, you can only throw to Kelsey so much. I think teams will catch on to that. Yeah. And I honestly don't really see them as a clear cut Super Bowl contender this year. I like the NFC guys more and, like you said, that even looking at that Jags-Bills game, I don't know what the Bills are going to be. The Jaguars haven't looked good at all, and then they finally showed up in that London game that I didn't really watch either. So I don't know. There's a lot going on in the AFC, a lot of beating up on each other, I feel like, and a lot of weird records, too. I feel like the Vikings shouldn't be 1-4, and they are. Yeah, uh, 
speaking of the Bills, another bad injury, Matt Milano out for the season. That's our second consecutive key defensive player that's gone out for the year. Um, they look sloppy. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's great one week and sloppy the next. Uh, Jaguars, another team I kind of liked as an AFC long shot. They're still in the thick of things. I know it's early, but Travis Etienne looked like he did well. The offense woke up in the fourth quarter, and they uh, they pulled one out in their home away from home in London. Yeah, the Jaguars finally got going this week, like you said. That also the Bengals got going in Arizona. I mean, Joe Burrow was back in full form, and Jamar Chase had a dominant performance, three touchdowns. I mean, if you had him in fantasy, he went off. I believe it was 52 points in one of my leagues, so that was pretty crazy. Yeah, 15 catches. I don't think we'll be complaining about not getting the ball like he was the past few weeks. And frankly, Joe Burrow looked a lot better physically. I'm sure part of that helped uh, – playing the Cardinals, but at least he looked a little more mobile, stronger with his throws. So I think that's good news for Bengals fans. Yeah, all I needed to see was Burrow throw a 68-yard laser down the field to chase for a touchdown. And, I mean, that's all I need to see from the Bengals. And they're back in their effect, hopefully. And they're hopefully going to get some more wins to get back up to a winning record. Yeah, what's interesting is that was very similar to a play you and I saw in person when Daniel Jones threw a bomb to – Jalen Hyatt didn't go for a touchdown, but it was a huge game, a gain in the first play of the coming out of the half in the third quarter. And the Bengals did the same thing. So I'm sure Zach Taylor and company watched some tape on that Arizona defense. Yeah, it's a good point. And I mean, I don't think the Cardinals are necessarily bad. And I think Josh Dobbs is a good quarterback, but um, we'll see. They, they don't have enough fire in their gut to get a win <laughs> this week. But um, the Giants just <laughs> the Giants just seem to have nothing. I mean, they're just pathetic. I have no words for them anymore. Yeah, uh, Daniel Jones now has a neck injury, which he had uh, a couple years ago. The offensive line is awful as usual. They really miss Saquon Barkley. They're probably going to lose to the Bills this coming Sunday night, and I think the wheels might come off this season fairly quickly after that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pumpkin patch time for that Sunday night game, and I just have no faith in them anymore. And, I mean, Jonathan Vilma made a lot of great points of how Daniel Jones does have no time, but even though he sometimes he will get a clean pocket and he'll just throw a bad ball, I mean, I just don't know what his problem is. He just seems hesitant. He is not the same Daniel Jones that I know from last year winning the wild card game against the Vikings, and I just don't know what happened. And Brian Dayball needs to get this team together. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating and confusing. Uh I guess the Giants, in reality, his contract is a two-year, I want to say like $82 million investment. So uh, if he doesn't figure out by next year, there's a way for them to to cut ties with him. But that's an expensive proposition for a guy you thought was a franchise quarterback and here seems to be struggling and up and down like Justin Fields while you've got a rookie like C.J. Stroud, even though the Texans lost, I mean, he looks poised. He has not thrown an interception to start his NFL career. Yeah, and I think um, it's just the different player types, and obviously Stroud has been very interesting, how the Texans don't have a great O-line, and he was never really used to rolling around with Ohio State. He's used to that shotgun offense, and like you said, he's had a lot of success with that Texan system. They've been rolling. Uh, I think that was even a morale victory against the Falcons, keeping it close, and they know that team is, and D'Amico Ryans is definitely building something there. And just the complete opposite, like you said, of the Giants. And I just think Daniel Jones is a player. He needs a, a clean offensive line. He definitely needs Saquon, relies on him a lot. So I don't know. I guess 
I wish I could flip around last year and this year because last year was definitely a lot more successful. Yeah, it's very frustrating. You look at teams like the Chiefs, the Eagles, the 49ers, to name a few. All have excellent offensive lines. These are teams that perennially pick at the back half, if not at the bottom of the first round. So they're not uh, they're not picking the cream of the crop in the top 10 every year, and they seem to find linemen in the middle to later rounds or you know, even via free agency. I mean, the Eagles went and got a guy from – Australian rugby to made him a, a massive left tackle. So um, there's really no excuse. Uh, Evan Neal's going to go down as probably one of the biggest offensive line bust draft picks in, in ages, if not ever. Uh, Andrew Thomas is still hurt. Not sure what's going on. People are questioning Dayball, but at the same time, you know, I know Joe Shane, the GM, inherited a mess, but um, you can't just think like we had a good year, so now we're contenders and let's put parts around Jones. Even doing that, Darren Waller doesn't look impressive. Paris Campbell looks like a wasted signing. Um, Jalen Hyatt hasn't been able to get in the rotation. And then, too, like, yeah, you know, Saquon's hurt. You don't know how much depth at running back. Matt Breed has bounced around. So uh, there's a lot of blame to go around with the Giants. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, that Eagles offensive lineman is 6'8", 360 pounds. So, I mean, that's just incredible, that guy. I was watching him in that Rams game looks incredible but like you said i think there's a lot to go around you can just point fingers but the thing is it's going to come down to talent and they don't have the talent that the cowboys do or the eagles do and they can't match up with that and you can play as hard as you want but talent's always going to win usually and that's what's been happening with the giants and i mean that darren waller acquisition looks nice jones likes to throw to him but you just can't they just can't get this offense going that's been the the story all season when your offense is constantly going three and out. The defense is going to continue to get tired and tired, and that's what's been happening. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like it on paper, but they did a good job of, of trying to hang in there with the Dolphins' offense until just the heat and the time on the field got to them. Uh, I mean, their only score was on a pick six. So you got to give the, the defense some credit. Yeah, they, they definitely held Tua, and I mean, I just don't know what to say anymore. We'll see what happens with the Bills on Sunday night. Hopefully that's not a massacre of a game and they can keep it close. And I just hope that Saquon can finally suit up. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that stuck out to me, Dom, that um, Broncos jets game, uh, the Broncos uniforms and helmets remind me of uh, I had to do a double take thought they were the university of Miami. And then at the end of that game, when, uh, when Russ was doing his Broncos country, let's, let's ride impression and tried to run that ball instead of chucking it away and, fumbled it back to the Jets. It was nice to see Sean Payton scream at him. Oh, I know. That was hysterical. It was the, the Nat Hackett revenge game for me, and it was <laughs> funny seeing him come back and win, but I don't think the Jets are that bad. The defense is hung in there. They obviously lose Elijah Barry Tucker, which is a big loss, but Brees Hall went off, and I think they get him more involved, and Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson can get on the same page, hopefully, which is a big ask, but they can just keep the ball as out of Zach Wilson's hands as much as possible, they do have a chance. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Hall like, really is impressive when you consider he tore his knee this time last year, and uh, I'm sure any fantasy owner that took a gamble on him is happy. Uh, like you said, the D's good. If Wilson just does enough to not make mistakes, I mean, they could still be in the wild card hunt. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, but... Robert Sala definitely can't deny that his coaching has definitely helped a lot, especially when you lose your starting quarterback four plays in the season. It's 
definitely taking a lot on those jets, definitely. They haven't quit. I mean, that's half the battle. Yeah, and you saw in Hard Knocks, what was the speech again about the birds or something? I, I forget. Oh, it was yeah, so the eagle and the hawk, or you know, the eagle and the crow, I don't remember. Great acting but, job. Yeah, great acting, great speaking. I mean, it's going to go down the history books. Yeah, I mean, Dad, are you ready for Aaron Rodgers' weekly appearance on Pat McAfee tomorrow? No, considering I don't listen to Pat McAfee, I won't even know if he's on until social media starts uh, glorifying it with posts. <laughs> you can thank Adam Schefter for that. Yeah, which I, I don't get. I mean, you know, Rodgers took his shots at Schefter during this whole process in the offseason with the, the dark room or whatever the hell he did to try and figure out that he could get traded to the Jets. And, uh, you know, Schefter still posts his stuff. I don't know. I guess he's a loyal company man with ESPN. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how it works anymore. Anything for a like, I guess. It's the hot take network, right? You just got to say something controversial and you'll get a job there. And I... I know you're a Stephen A. fan, but he's he's made a career out of that, and others have figured it out and followed suit. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely read it in his book, so that was pretty interesting stuff, but you're yeah. not wrong. Yeah, ask Max Kellerman what he thinks about him, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard a lot about that as well. Well, I know this is putting you to sleep, Dom. It's a, it's a late-night recording, and talking about uh, Adam Schefter isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but... Before we wrap up, you have any final parting gifts for us? Yeah, I do. I just want to say, apologize for the yawning. I mean, last <laughs> week I was definitely tired on that Sunday night, and we're doing this on a, a Monday night. You know, you got a long day of school and uh, church as well. But um, I want to talk about college football. You got a big game, Oregon and Washington, and the Pac-12 seems very much revi- revived. And I love watching that Arizona-USC game last Saturday night that went to triple overtime. But I'm really excited for this Oregon-Washington game. You got possibly two first-round quarterbacks going up against each other, Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Uh, air raid offenses, pretty good defenses as well. I mean, pac 12s revived. I'm, I'm liking what I'm going to see from this game. Yeah, and it's two bags. It's going to go away after this year. But uh, with the way Arizona challenged USC, I don't uh, – I'll just go out on a limb. I don't see USC getting past uh, – Oregon, for instance, and uh, you know, as they potentially head into a Pac-12 championship game, uh, this is a team that better figure out how to play some defense because, uh, like you said, the Washingtons and the Oregons can play some offense, and they got some quality quarterbacks. So, uh, but yeah, first and foremost, I, I think this Washington Oregon game is one of the first great games of the year, of the college football season. Yeah, it is. I mean, I watched that Texas-Oklahoma game on Saturday. That was definitely a great one as Texas blows yet another game with Steve Sarkeesian. So it was 15 seconds left. Oklahoma scored a touchdown to go up, which is pretty pathetic. I thought Texas had a great shot at the college football playoff after beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa, but they blow a game, and we'll see what happens there. But I was pretty disappointed in that. Yeah, definitely, but that's par for the course with him. Um and then, too, how about uh, Notre Dame? You know, they just kept talking about it in that game with Ohio State, and they, they didn't have 10 guys on the field for two plays there at the end. Well, they just go out and lose to Louisville, which was just downright pathetic. <laughs> I mean, that Ohio State loss definitely killed them at home, but, I mean, losing to Louisville, I mean, I know they were undefeated or whatever, but uh, pretty funny seeing Jack Harlow run on the field, so I was pretty laughing at that, and... I mean, Notre Dame may, might want to look for a coaching change. They obviously had a disappointing year last year, and then they'll probably be back in the Gator Bowl again this year if they keep losing. Wow, that's exciting. I'll set a reminder for that. 
<laughs> Might have to look for a coaching change, but I don't know. They hired that guy to a big contract or whatever. But uh, when you got a seventh-year senior quarterback, that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Mike McCarthy's been fired so many times, and he still has his job. Maybe he can go take that job when he inevitably does. <laughs> yeah, uh, Peter Griffin reading the Denny's menu. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see, but I think uh, I think for me, it's like you said, it's it's nice to see the the Pac-12 have one last hurrah. The uh, Big Twenty or Big Ten or whatever it is these days, uh, <laughs> Michigan's just keep chugging along. Ohio State's going to keep chugging along, and uh, they'll play each other again right after Thanksgiving. And the loser of that game will still have a shot to make the playoffs. I'll just you know, it's not really going out on a limb, but I think history will repeat itself with those teams. Yeah, I mean, you pointed out that Penn State's good, and you also said that Penn State always loses to both those teams, so. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, it's going to be Michigan Ohio State at the end of the day. That's what it always is, and it won't. It'll be like that until next year when those Pac-12 teams join. Yeah, James Franklin hasn't beaten a hasn't won a big game beating a highly ranked team. That's just my two cents, and uh, I'll I'll believe in them when they do it. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of compelling stuff though. It's nice to see the SEC not ruling. Yeah, it's nice to see Alabama kind of humbled. I mean, uh, Georgia's chugging along. I'm sure they'll continue to, but uh, the SEC is a little weak for once. It's quite nice. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I think we got uh, Tennessee, Alabama this Saturday, so it should be fun. I remember that game last year. It was uh, the Bryce Young Malik Hooker game, and it was like 56 to 55 or something like that. Went yeah. To, I think Tennessee went on a field goal, but uh, we'll see. A lot of stuff happening. Yeah, and then the goalposts end up in the river or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I always see that crap on Sports Center and Bleacher Reports, just annoying stuff. Ah, clickbait, but yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, Dom, final thought is is the bye week, as it were, in the MLB playoffs with the, the, the two highest seeds who, who don't have to play. Uh, is that a bad thing? Because you look, the Orioles are down 0-2. The Dodgers are down 0-2. Um, could that be a trend we see here? And, and let's face it, the in baseball, you maybe have, what, one, max two days a week off, and you get a full week off. Does that kill your momentum? Yeah, it's good for the rest and the, set up your pitching rotation and whatnot, but uh, clearly it's quieted the bats in both Baltimore and L.A. I mean, you, you could even argue the Braves, even though they're tied 1-1, they – it took them seven no-hit innings, I believe, to wake up. I mean, I feel like it's getting ridiculous, and this is definitely something they're going to have to look at. And I think they should do what they did uh, during the pandemic, that wild card, how they had um, the one seed obviously play against the eight seed, and they just had everyone play, and it was more fun, more games, and it was more fair, definitely. You got these wild card teams coming in hot and heavy hitting the ball well and then you got these teams of the week off that the pitchers aren't throwing as well and the hitters just need to get in the flow of things and it's already a five-game series well it involves money and rob manfred i don't think it's going to change anytime soon but uh, i do agree with your comment yeah i mean we'll see what happens with that so anyway dom uh great catching up thank you i know you're a busy guy burning a candle at both ends and finding time to sneak in a podcast, but we wanted to wait to see the outcome of this uh, Diamondbacks-Dodgers game, and uh, it was to your liking, so we're able to do the show. Glad we snuck it in. Uh, any final thoughts before we bid our listeners farewell for a week? 
I got nothing, just busy time in sports, and yeah, like you said, if you can tell by my yawning, uh, definitely tired, but uh, I got this show through, and nice talking to you, and uh, we'll see what happens with MLB playoffs and the NFL still chugging along. Definitely, and uh, again, uh, download, rate, subscribe, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, we are partial to Spotify and also to uh, you can also listen to us on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football podcast hosted by the great Gerald Glassford of Lakers Fast Break and Pop Culture Cosmos fame. And finally, uh, making our debut up in Canada, north of the border, Croc Radio, every Tuesday evening. want to thank Buddy for the opportunity. And uh, if you want to share any feedback with us, you can leave it on wherever you listen to your podcast or follow us on Instagram at Domination Sports Nation, or you can reach out on Twitter or X, whatever it's called these days, <laughs> at Chris L Sports. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much, Dad. Thank you guys for listening to the Domination Sports Nation podcast.